Welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. Having a good idea doesn't get you done. And if we'd hit those, there would have been an explosion. We would have died, obviously. Scholarship should cultivate the virtues. Worry more about, am I searching for what I should be doing next in the world? Hey everyone, welcome to Voices of Santa Clara. I'm your host, Gavin Cosgrave, and I am super excited about this show. I actually found out last week that I'm going to be studying abroad in Bologna, Italy next fall. Um, And so I wanted to sit down and talk to a couple other students um, about their study abroad experiences. So on today's show, We are going to hear from four students who all studied abroad this past fall semester um, and got back to Santa Clara a couple months ago. Uh, Two of them I knew before, two of them were uh, friends of friends, and they all had really cool experiences. We're going to hear first from Areli Hernandez, who is in Ecuador, then Joala Johns, who is in Barcelona, Spain, then Alyssa Newman, who was also in Barcelona, Spain, and finally Drew Descore, who was in El Salvador. I asked each person a similar set of questions about why they chose their program, what surprised them at the beginning, what their key takeaways are, and how they're different now that they're back at Santa Clara. Um, and it was really interesting to hear the different answers for even some people who studied in, in the same place. All right, that's all I got, so let's get into the interviews. So my name is Aureli Hernandez. I'm a triple major with political science, Spanish, and ethnic studies, and I have a minor in Latin American studies. Uh, Over the summer, I actually earned a Fulbright to study in London at the University of London, and I took a course called The Politics of Protest and Change, looking at social movements and NGOs. Mm And this past semester uh, in the fall, I was in Ecuador studying international mm-hmm. development. Awesome. Um, so what, first kind of talking about that summer program, um, what did you learn by doing that? What were some big takeaways from yeah. your experience? So the class was really, really cool. Um, it was three weeks long mm-hmm. and I was the only American in the class mm-hmm. and a lot of grad students or professionals were taking the class just to learn a little bit more. So we had some people who had worked for the Red Cross, uh, even uh, for the UN. Mm-hmm. So we had people like from all over the world um, share their perspectives mm-hmm. And this class was really critical of NGOs and civil society. So as, I mean, I don't really know what I'm doing when I grow up, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was interested in like learning more about like the nonprofit sector and everything. Mm -hmm. So it was really interesting to see like a critical side or Mm -hmm. critical perspective of it. Um, And it just taught me a lot about like not just you know, giving, um, I guess, credit to nonprofits just because they're nonprofits and just looking behind their intentions and Mm -hmm. the power that like donors have Mm -hmm. um, and how that influences the agenda and how NGOs have a political role as well Mm -hmm. um, in times of conflict or just any decisions for the countries. Mm -hmm. So that class was at the University in London? Of London, And then did you do like trips or travel while you were in that class? So the Fulbright program was able to pay for like my meals where I was staying. They took us on trips like to go see Oxford um, 
and uh, just various locations, uh, mm -hmm. Bath, and there was just so many field trips also associated mm -hmm. with that. And we got some extra money, so um, with my own Fulbright, so it was four of us that got chosen for that mm -hmm. program from here um, in the U.S. or I guess in general, and we did our own trips as well. So that was really cool because I had never been to the UK before, mm -hmm. and I got to learn more about uh, the country and the culture there, which mm -hmm. is really different because we come with so many like uh, preconceived mm -hmm. conceptions. Mm -hmm. So it was really good to go there and like learn and actually be in contact with like the locals mm -hmm. and talk to them and get to know them. Mm -hmm. Were there any surprising things or challenges being in a new place? Uh, yes. So it was interesting because like I had heard this like, you know, stereotype that, you know, the British are a little snobby and like they really like their tea and they always hate the weather and like obviously tea and weather is like a big thing over there but it was really great for me to be in london because it was such a diverse city and that's something i like i knew going in but i didn't think it was going to be that amazing um and just like i would have food like we would eat out a lot and um get to you know have like indian food for lunch and then like um like Mozambique food for dinner and just so much diversity in like one city was so amazing for me um, because I come from like a Mexican-American background, but California is diverse in different ways, I would say. So it was really great to see that. Over mm. there. And then about your program in Ecuador, mm -hmm. how did you decide to apply to that program? Um, so it kind of encompassed all my majors uh, mm -hmm. and it was also financially cheaper, mm -hmm. but I'm so glad I went on it because it was just the most amazing experience in terms of learning um, and also being there. The country is mm -hmm. like really great. But, uh, you know, again, we're looking through a critical critical perspective in, of international development. So we're looking at, you know, NGOs again, um, and then the context of race um, here or there in Ecuador. Uh, I got to learn more about the indigenous communities um, that live in Ecuador, which is different than other places in Latin America that I've been to because it's so much more prominent as well as to learn about the issue of immigration and refugees in Ecuador. Mm -hmm. So I actually got to intern um, because my program was divided into two parts. So the first half was taking like theor theoretical classes of international development. And then the second half, we were paired up with an with a, um, organization or nonprofit um, that was related to what we wanted to keep mm -hmm. studying or researching. So I interned with La Misión Escalabriñana, which is a Catholic NGO that's devoted to uh, the integration of migrants and refugees from Venezuela and Colombia, mm -hmm. which are two big groups right now in Ecuador for different reasons. Um, and like I said, I come from a Mexican-American background, so mm -hmm. I have a lot of exposure with Mexican immigrants here in California and the U.S. However, over there, it's like totally different because obviously the reasons for their migration um, and leaving their country has to do a lot with like the political or economic circumstances mm -hmm. of their country. So in Colombia, a lot of it has to do with the violence that um, they've had to encounter with las guerrillas and like being, um, you know, hearing these stories from women, uh, because I was mostly with women, about, you know, them losing their sons when they were like 14 and still not knowing till this day, like five years later, if they're alive or not. 
was very impactful. Um, mm. And just for them to like literally be escaping for their lives is something mm. different than how I've seen my family migrate from Mexico to the U.S. Mm. Mm -hmm. What were you doing on a day-to-day -day basis during that internship phase of the program? Yeah, so it was really interesting. Actually, I did a lot of different things. Um, I actually got to help with the lobbying of two ordinances uh, with a social worker. So the NGO is committed to not only um, issues of immigration, but also uh, for the elimination of gender violence. Um, mm -hmm. So during this time, it was like the 26 days of activism for this elimination of gender violence and uh we were also trying to have uh an ordinance that we that i helped draft um like not really help because i was just there kind of giving my perspective but it was mostly them and also one for um immigration um for the city of ibarra which is where i was and so i got to see the lobbying you know like going to different um parts of local government and different like officials and like trying to get the word out and like also using social media um uh, we had a march as well and we also within the ngo the misiones calabriñana there was an event that we put on every year uh and it's called la fiesta de los pueblos so it talks um so it's basically a place where we go in um and like every culture or like nationality kind of brings their own stuff to you know perform so there's like cumbias from colombia and like samba from brazil and um different things that you know like treats and it's kind of just a, a day where we all like perform um so in preparation for that they asked me to prepare a dance and it was interesting because i'm like I said, Mexican-Americans, so I was like, so what do I teach you? And they wanted me to teach them something Mexican. So I taught them this like Mexican line dance called Caballo Dorado, which is like something really like low key. Or I mean, we just do it like in weddings or um, at parties, family parties, and you just dance it. But I taught like a little choreography to the kids um, for them to perform. And then uh, I was with the Brazilian nuns who are part of the NGO and they taught me samba. So we performed that which is uh really really cool and folklorico that was uh some brazilian as well and i worked also with some youth um to perform some like ecuadorian like reggaeton pop type of thing mm -hmm. so that was really cool um mm. so it just really depended on yeah the day <laughs> yeah w were there any challenging or surprising aspects of that program in Ecuador? Yeah, like I said, um, or I don't know if I said this actually, but I, I'm i a minority here in the U.S., right? Mm -hmm. And like, I think in some ways that's kind of formed my identity and, you know, who I surround myself here. Um, however, going over there, I had so much privilege because everyone, or like the majority um, of people in power are light-skinned mestizos however you still have uh, very vulnerable populations like the indigenous population the immigrant population mm -hmm. so being over there and having so much privilege and seeing uh, so much disparity and mm -hmm. for once like not being you know part of the marginalized group was really difficult um mm -hmm. because i was just thinking okay what am i doing here like am i making things worse you know like who even am i to be here and 
quote unquote like help like I don't want to help no one needs my help you know mm-hmm. um but I was just there to learn and sometimes that was kind of hard to mm-hmm. to learn and not be able to do something because mm-hmm. that's kind of our initial reaction mm-hmm. yeah and then after these two programs being abroad for six months and coming back do you think you're different in any ways or are there any different areas that you want to focus more on and work or study or anything else? Yeah, actually it's been really hard these past five weeks because right after I went to Mexico to visit my family for winter break and I came back and like literally the day before school started, I just kind of had forgotten how to speak English even. And just the culture is just so different, you know, and I've tried to tell myself like, I'm going to change some things, you know, because I don't, I'm pretty busy on campus, but I think sometimes that's a bad thing when we're all just always in a hurry and like in so many different places all at one time. So I told myself, oh, well, I'm not going to do that anymore. You know, I'm going to change. And there were things about myself that I think I wanted to improve upon. And it's kind of a work in progress, but at the same time, it's really hard when you come back to a place that remains the same and also like coming back to like a political climate and even on this campus where, you know, immigrants, you know, there's a hate crime that I witnessed. Um, and just coming back to that and like being like really like where the students were a Jesuit university and we're doing this, you know, mm-hmm. it's been difficult to kind of see that and see people that don't really care about issues like these. Um, whereas in Ecuador, I was surrounded by people that cared um, mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. So that's been hard, but I think I want to continue to study this maybe in grad school. I'm mm-hmm. not really mm-hmm. sure how or what i'm going to do um but yeah that's something that's i guess kind of exciting Hmm. Mm -hmm. and what advice would you give to a student maybe a first year student who's considering studying abroad in the future yeah well i think i mean ecuador isn't really the first country that comes to mind when you think about studying abroad and most people go to europe and i know a lot of my friends had a great time Um, But finding a program that's, you know, really going to help you. And I think this was something that really helped me in terms of like academically, personally. um, And it just filled me with a lot of good life, I think. Uh, So looking for a program, you know, if it has an internship component, Mm -hmm. you know, do a little bit of research, like what you're going to be doing or like what you want to be studying specifically. Mm -hmm. I went to Ecuador thinking I was going to be in an indigenous community. um, But of course, things change and I focus more on immigration. But, you know, look for something not just because everyone else is doing Spain, you know, you don't have to do that. Um, but look for something that's really going to fill you with life and that you're actually excited for and maybe even nervous for. And even if you don't know anyone else applying, which happened with me, um, just go for it because mm. it's so, so good. And you have so much time here in Santa Clara. And sometimes I think we get really comfortable. So it's good to be outside your comfort zone. Do you see yourself going back to either of those two places? Yeah, I mean, I hope. I just, money-wise, obviously, that's always a hard thing. Uh, But yeah, for sure, I think both London and Ecuador have so much to offer. Um, And whenever there's an opportunity, I'd go back in an instant. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing Yeah, no problem. Yeah.
I'm Joala Johns, a marketing and psychology major, studied abroad in Barcelona, Spain. And why did you choose Barcelona when you were looking at different programs before you went there? Yeah, good question. Um, essentially, came down to a couple of things. So one, I wanted to be able to travel, and um, no better place in Europe, really. Um, two, I wanted to be in a Spanish-speaking country. Uh, my mom speaks fluent Spanish, and so she, ever since I was young, like really pushed the language on me. So I um, wanted to be able to practice that. And then um, I want all my classes to transfer, and so that was one of the only programs that where I could have all my classes transfer over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the first couple weeks when you got there, were there any surprises or cultural differences or things that you noticed about the culture there? Yeah. Um, I just remember even first getting off the plane, um, and everything's just so much more smaller and compact. Like, um, the people are visibly smaller. Um, portion sizes are smaller um, for breakfast and lunch. And just it, it seemed like uh, everything was a lot slower pace. Um, the lifestyle was very, like, relaxed. Um I remember the first dinner I had there. It took like forty-five minutes to get my food, and like no one was in the or in the restaurant, so it was just kind of funny. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, um, oh, one thing I did notice that kind of bothered me was um, cigarette smoking. Like it's a lot more prominent in Europe, just in general, um, and so that it makes me nauseous. So, like that was just another thing I had to get used to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a whole mm-hmm. list on my phone of just like things that like had to get adjusted to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. What did your kind of day-to-day life look like? Yeah, um, so I lived about, um, my school I went to was about probably a 25 minute walk from where I lived, so in the mornings I had class generally at like 9 a.m., so I'd get up, walk to school, um, stay at the center for about probably six hours, um, so I had three classes on any given day, um, and I was at a study abroad center, not necessarily like a local university, so I was surrounded by like American students, um, and so uh, I'd have generally three classes, um, take a break for lunch. Sometimes we'd walk down to the beach, um, get some food on La Rambla, which is like a main tourist spot. Um, and on weekends, I'd either be traveling to different countries or just like exploring the city. Mm-hmm. What were some of the countries you traveled to that you liked most? Um, so top three were, um, oh wow. Okay, yeah, Germany, um, London, and Paris. Um, so... It, it, they were incredible. Um, I liked each for different reasons. London, um, one of my friends was studying abroad there, so it was cool. I had to stay with him, and just he kind of showed me around for Thanksgiving. Um, Paris, the food was incredible. Um, I had probably like eight crepes while I was there for that weekend. <laughs> um, it was funny. And then um, Germany was cool just because I went for Oktoberfest, um, and it was kind of like a whole Santa Clara study abroad meetup. Like there was a bunch of... I think, like, at least 100 Santa Clara students at this one, like, um, table in a tent. Um, and it's, like, a, essentially just um, a state fair is what I would equate it to. So it was just a really cool weekend. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How are you able to meet new friends, I guess? Were there a lot of other Santa Clara students, or how did you kind of get socially immersed? Yeah. Um, so I kind of gravitated away from the Santa Clara students because I feel like I could always come back to them if need be. Um, but I really wanted to meet other people. So um, my closest friend abroad was from Loyola, Chicago, um, originally from New York, though. Um, and essentially, the way we bonded was um, over uh, the first weekend we went to Tarragona, which is, um, uh, like, I believe it's south of the Barcelona. It's, like, an area south of Catalonia, which is where Barcelona is. Um, our whole program went, and we just kind of ended up um, in the same group for, like, a bunch of the activities, and so that's how we bonded there. Um, and then otherwise, we had, like, a ping-pong league, which, like, a lot of us bonded through, um, and just, like, traveling with each other, you know. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, were there any like funny stories or experiences that you can remember? <laughs> yeah, um, so it was kind of crazy. We were, I was there during a wild time, so um, I don't know if you heard, but like Catalonia, the region where Barcelona is, is trying to secede from the EU. Or I actually need to be updated on that. I, I haven't been liking um, or 
known about them since I left, but like so. Um, there'd be times where the city would just shut down for like political protests and riots, and um, I remember sometimes like walking on my way to, back home from school, um, that I'd just walk into like a political demonstration and just be a crowd of people and just like fireworks and stuff going off and just all um, cattle on flags and it's like oh okay um, I, I guess I'm in a protest now um, let me just walk down the street. Um, but it was really, it was kind of fascinating being there as an American and, like, res- like removed from the issue, you know. Um, other than that, just, uh, I have a lot of funny stories with my host mom. She, um, she doesn't, like, I remember the first day she kind of, like, groomed us to fit her lifestyle. So she, all, we always had to wear shoes in her house. Um, and she was very um, adamant that we eat, like, big dinners, like, super big dinners. Um, so she would get upset when we didn't finish, like, a whole paella that she cooked for us that one meal or just, like, with... Um, just like little things like that and um, she always she was really good about like making sure we use Spanish so um, whenever she heard us speaking English in our rooms to each other she'd just be like oh no like like a Spanish only um, so I was like okay that's funny mm-hmm. um, but yeah those people like probably the most memorable mm-hmm. things so you were staying with a host family and with other students or how did that work yeah so um Technically, it was a host family, but it was like um, my uh, I had one homestay mom and her cousin, and then I had a student in my program who like had the room next to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and did that add to your experience? Do you think definitely? Yeah, um, it's kind of sad because I feel like my Spanish was probably the best it was while I was there. <laughs> um, I don't think I'm gonna pres- well, I not intentionally not pursuing it. It's just like doesn't don't have time on my schedule to hold the whole major thing. Um, but it was really cool, just like. Um, hearing her opinions on, like, the political stuff that was going on and just hearing her stories. And I had to do an assignment to, like, interview her for one of my side classes. And just, like, talking with her um, was really eye-opening. Just She speaks six different languages and has traveled to all these different places. And um, it was just funny just seeing her recount her adventures, like, I guess, studying abroad, essentially. Um, so, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, cool. Were there any big kind of takeaways or things that you learned about yourself or like coming back things that are different feel different now to you yeah coming back is the hardest thing um i still feel like it's kind of weird just for me just because um santa clara we're we're decently small but like we're a good size um but you'll see people who you literally haven't thought about in like the past couple months you know um and so just kind of being like oh hey like how was your past four months like um and just kind of navigating that whole we're not that great of friends but like i i know you clearly um that's been difficult and just the pace of the core system is really fast compared to semesters um so that's another adjustment and then just kind of um when i first got off the plane this is a funny story um i almost ordered in, instinctively in spanish just because that's what i was used to and so just kind of um it was it was weird hearing English around me for like the first week or so, and then oh, adjusting back to the time difference. I swear that first like it felt like two weeks. I was waking up at like five a or six a.m. Um, just getting adjusted back. Um, but yeah, all in all, I think what most I learned about myself was just that like um, that I have the ability to just like go out of my comfort zone on a dime. It seems like. Um, every weekend you're traveling to like all these different places and going to new countries and um i remember for octoberfest i was literally sleeping on the floor of a hotel bed with a, like our hotel room with my friends and we're sharing a two-person hotel room with like the seven of us um so just uncomfortable situations like that are just like seem to be all worth it because like you're abroad you know and this is like the time to do that so yeah awesome what advice would you give to a student who's considering studying abroad definitely just do it um I think, like, there's an initial just, like, okay, like, I'm going to apply. Like, I don't know if I'm going to actually do it. But if you get in, I suggest doing it just because, um, well, are you really going to have the time in your life to just, like, 
dip to a different country for four or so months um, without really any commitments um, other than academics. But like, you have a lot of free time just because imagine just only being here and doing school, you know. Um, so I, I would just say kind of also be open to just new possibilities and opportunities. I think um, a lot of students in my program especially just stuck with their core friend group and um, just kind of did the same things. Um, and, and that's fine if that's what you want to do, but I would just say just like push, push yourself out of your comfort zone, try doing what the local people do, try meeting some locals and just kind of um, really taking in what you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this interview. No worries. Okay, so my name is Alyssa Newman. I am a marketing major in the business school, and I studied abroad in Barcelona, Spain. When you when you applied to that program, what were you kind of looking for, and why did Spain stand out to you? Yeah, so I think that with um, a Spanish background, just being from California, it's like, you know, if you learn a second language, it's going to be Spanish. So Spanish-speaking countries were definitely on my list. Um, my parents were more comfortable with Europe than they were with Latin America, so it kind of just automatically narrowed it down to Spain. My older brother had studied there, and my twin brother was going to study there also, so it was kind of just like all these family factors that led me there. But um, yeah, so I kind of just was like, all right, Spain. And then I looked at Spain programs uh, for Santa Clara, and like honestly, it was not calculated at all. I just kind of saw the Barcelona program, and I was like, oh, I've heard of that city. Mm-hmm. I like, hadn't heard of the other ones really. I kind of just knew it was like a metropolitan city, and I've always like experienced mm, like towns, like smaller places. Santa Clara is small. Like I'm from Carmel; it's a pretty small place. So I think that like living in a city was attractive to me for mm-hmm. the first time. Mm-hmm. In the first couple of weeks when you got there, were there any uh, surprises or things that were difficult to adjust to culturally? You know, I think the biggest part of my experience was uh, the whole thing with Catalonia and seeking independence. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like a really big part of the culture there at the time, especially. And it was a really cool time to be there because there were protests like all the time in the streets. And I just like learned a lot about the history of Spain and Catalonia and I learned a lot about the Franco dictatorship and Mm -hmm. just like a lot of the history that created so much like social cultural linguistic divides Mm -hmm. um Mm -hmm. between like you know pro-independence Catalonians and then like people who were either Catalonians and wanted to be a part of the nation of Spain or people who were like immigrants or not from Barcelona or Catalonia and like wanted to stay a part of Spain so it was really cool because a lot of people were very, mm, like, liberal, and they really wanted to, well, liberal for them was just, like, a younger crowd. I don't really know, like, what really defines liberal in this regard, but my host mom was kind of different than the majority youth, and she was, like, not really down for independence, so it was kind of this cool, like, mixture of opinions I got, because when I would, like, meet the locals and talk to them, they were all for independence, but, like, back at home, we would have these, like, conversations about the consequences of independence would be and just kind of more like more of a different perspective on it so it was kind of a really neat and shocking way to enter spain Mm -hmm. yeah and how was your experience living with a host family what was that like oh it was so fun yeah it was just a mom and uh, another girl from santa clara but the other girl from santa clara um is like fluent in spanish and so my host mom didn't speak any english whereas some other 
host families, I think, did speak a little bit of English. So mine was just straight up so immersion. And it was so funny because sometimes I would be like understanding most of her words. And I'd be like, yeah, like I totally like I'm getting this. It's really fun. I understand your words. I'm kind of putting together these sentences. But it's like if you hear, you know, like a dog and a baby like in the same sentence, you can either think like, you know, the dog and the baby are getting along or like the dog is attacking the baby. And so it would just be this really funny like things that my my uh, friend who spoke English and Spanish, she'd be like, you don't understand anything that's happening right now. So it was like so immersive in language and um, she was kind of like a really like motherly figure to have while abroad, which was which was super fun to kind of embrace a family lifestyle there and the traditional cooking and made it easy to adjust actually in a lot of ways and feel immersed in some ways because Barcelona is such a cosmopolitan city that there's so much like English in the city that it's nice to have one space where it's just full immersion like yeah definitely how are you able to balance kind of doing schoolwork and traveling and doing time having time for other fun things like how did you balance that while you were there Honestly, I think that I don't know if you remember high school, but like it was <laughs> the work level of high school, I think. Um, so we'd have like work during the school week. Um, and there was one class that I took at a local university that was kind of hard. But um, I mean, you just kind of prioritize like I'm here to travel and learn and be culturally immersed. So if you have the opportunity to go to a like festival that shows so much about like Spanish culture, like genuinely not just like a, you know, a party. Like it, I would absolutely decide to do that over making headway on like an essay. But I mean, it's pretty easy to make time management work if mm-hmm. you are just well-organized mm-hmm. and you just do schoolwork during the school week and leave the weekends to travel. Mm-hmm. Oh, also planes is a good place to mm-hmm. work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what were some of the places that you did travel? That you enjoyed most. Yeah. I did a lot of travel within Spain, which I would totally recommend. Um, if you're going to go to the country, like you said, you might go to Italy. Just really take advantage of the country that you're in. Because like, if you go to Germany, I don't know, you'll go to Munich and Berlin, but you won't really go to the smaller cities. So I think it was a really cool opportunity to experience like the little beach towns and like the places that it's not like a direct flight from SFO, you know? Mm-hmm. So that was pretty fun. Um I really liked the north of Spain. Um, I, we traveled to Germany. We went to Munich for Oktoberfest, which was um, pretty fun. Um, we did Florence and Venice in Italy, which was awesome. Oh, it was so fun. One time my friends who I met like, at church, we did this really cool hike uh, in the Pyrenees, where it's like on the border of Spain and France. And so we like hiked into France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like a little travel excursion, I guess, day trip. Um couple of other countries oh i went to denmark and uh the netherlands well yeah you got around travel. quite a bit yeah, yeah definitely uh there's so many ways to do study abroad and i think that like i don't know if i were to do it again i feel like i would have tried to go for a year because mm-hmm. it's just you want to fully experience the city that you're in mm-hmm. it's a weird balance of like wanting to be fully immersed in the city you're in and like the people you can meet there but also taking advantage of like the fact that you're in europe mm-hmm. which is why like going to maybe South Africa or like another continent where there's not as much ease in traveling from country to country might be beneficial because you're just so immersed in like the culture that you are Mm -hmm. in. But 
so that was definitely like a weird balancing act you had to play with at times mm-hmm. yeah yeah were there any kind of big impacts or takeaways that you got from the trip or any ways that you see your maybe your studies now differently or American mm-hmm. culture differently now that you're back in the United States yeah I mean in terms of studies I think that it just became really clear like the importance of experiences and the importance of taking advantage of your free time and using it well. Um, going on spontaneous trips, I learned the ability to pack light, pack quick, um, keep on the move, absorb a lot of information really quickly. Um, I kind of like learned about how I want to travel. Uh, how I don't know. I think that going abroad and being in a college culture sort of while abroad is pretty funky because you're on one hand wanting to hang out with your college friends but on the other hand you're wanting to be fully immersed in that culture so I think that learning the appropriate balance but also just like priorities of I'm here to immerse myself and I really want to you know go and do this festival rather than go to a party at an American club where it's just the same in every country every city it's just kind of um, but it's like a really, it was a fun learning experience. Also alcohol. Um, I don't know what I'm going to talk about, yeah, yeah. Um, but I thought it was a really cool experience to broaden perspectives about that because I think being at Santa Clara, it's a very heavy drinking culture. It's very um, dangerous almost and just kind of like, you know, unhealthy in some ways. Um, but going abroad, just realizing how alcohol isn't evil. It's just like the way you use it. I mean, we say that all the time, but genuinely seeing it and like being able to practice that with both both like the American students who were so excited to be able to drink legally and the people who lived in Spain or lived in other countries who were just very casual and not really concerned. I was a part of a church and like after our youth group, we would go and get beers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's not like this evil thing in that kind of culture. It's more just normalized, which I think was really healthy for me too. What advice would you give to a student who's maybe in their first year and considering studying abroad later in their college career? Well, actually, if I were to do it again, like from base one, um, I would have probably gone to Sevilla. I mean, I loved Barcelona and it was such a great central place and I would not change that experience. But in hearing about other people's experience in Sevilla, it was a lot more immersive in Spanish culture and you were kind of more surrounded by Spain and what a Spanish town looks like where Barcelona is more of a big city and that was such a fun experience for me because that's kind of what I wanted in one regard but I also really wanted immersion Mm -hmm. and so just kind of figuring out what you want before you go and taking taking a hard look at the programs I think I didn't really do enough of that it's also not a big deal because you're gonna have a great time wherever you go I would always always do a homestay like don't do it any other way oh also definitely try to i mean this is i guess more for like sophomores or Mm -hmm. people like you especially like really try to reach out to the local community because it was really hard to make friends with locals just because the way that our program was situated we were surrounded by a lot of american students but volunteering was a really good opportunity like a good way to meet people like who were i met one girl who was my age and we're really good friends now and it was such a fun friendship because we would both speak in like English and Spanish and stuff, but also just kind of real world Spain or real world Italy, like, you know, the fact that there's poverty or homelessness. And so I was at a soup kitchen and I'd go every week and it was just, it was a really grounding experience. And I think it was really important to be able to see Spain in that new like light. Um, but also just on a personal note, it was really nice to get to know 
people of Spain, like just normal people rather than, you know, the kind of set up homestay or the Mm -hmm. teachers or the American students in between. So I think that was a big part of my experience. And I think that was probably the best way for me to meet people, but just like try to meet people, like go above and beyond to meet people because it's hard, but I think it's super worth it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks so much for doing this interview. Oh my gosh, of course. Yeah, yeah. My name is Drew Descaray. I'm an environmental studies major with minors in economics and philosophy. Um, And uh, I was studying abroad in El Salvador. Mm -hmm. And when you were applying to the program, what kind of stood out to you? Why did you choose El Salvador? Uh, I chose pretty program specific for the CASA. The Casa de Solidaridad is the was the name of the, the program. It's no longer running. It, it was running for about 20 years through Santa Clara University. Uh, through our campus here, it was created, uh, hosted by Santa Clara no longer. Uh, but that model was really appealing because the way it was set up uh, was that it, it offered an opportunity to not just go to another country uh, looking to learn in, in an immersion format, but also with a really sort of rigorous academic approach mm-hmm. and a lived experience that we had the awesome opportunity to live with 12 other students uh, going to the UCA, the University of Central America as well. So we had three American students, including myself, and then 12 other students uh, from El Salvador. So our whole our whole cohort, our class was mm-hmm. a little bit more international and an awesome opportunity to live together. You know, I was you know, brushing my teeth and mm-hmm. falling asleep on the community couch with uh, a lot of folks that I think it's easy, at least for me, to, to think about as sort of a number. Mm-hmm. In El Salvador, people from the countryside that had gotten a scholarship to come study, it's mm-hmm. sort of easy to to think about you know development projects or or not to think about development projects, but to keep those people as numbers. And it was it was a uh, it was a privilege. It was a blast getting to to live and. Uh, hang out with a lot of a lot of folks from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. So, what did your life look like in kind of a day to day basis while you were doing the program? Yeah, so Monday through Friday we had classes. Monday and Wednesday was what was called the Praxis site. Their educational model was that uh, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday we would have um, political science classes, history classes, Spanish classes with the UCO. So, pretty mm-hmm. pretty traditional academic courses looking at uh, systemic injustice, um, the political perspective of immigration, which is really interesting. But then Monday, Wednesday, we were out in rural communities of El Salvador, um, hanging out with folks that had done a lot of community building and development in their own community. Mm-hmm. And so we're teaching from a, from a shared experience or a, from a personal experience perspective that we got to share in, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. How is the balance of kind of working, studying, having fun, traveling? How is that balance? It was a, it was a blast. The the teachers that work with the CASA are very understanding and supportive of that model. And so they tailored a lot of the class material to places that we were going, people that we were working with. So it felt like a lot of pretty intense academics actually got to be applicable and, and worthwhile exactly where we were at, which is mm-hmm. really fun. Mm-hmm. What, um, what were some of the parts of the program that impacted you personally the most? I think the the time to pair education and experience was really interesting that a lot of times we condense these these kinds of experiences into a week uh, or into a you know a, even a, even a 10 week course it's hard to to get it all um, 
digested or or explored you know if you're you know doing an elsj placement or new rupee placement mm-hmm. you know getting to pay spend you know day after day within a, a community that was talking about real world issues as mm-hmm. as their current administration was passing certain mm-hmm. certain measures uh, was really really interesting um i think a little bit more specifically uh the relationship to the environment was a, was a big big factor that i felt like i got to see and experience a lot of what um the relationship with the environment melt to a developing country like El Salvador, mm-hmm. you know, that for us to consume sugar so cheaply here, I mean, what does that mean? What is it, what does it smell like to, to smell the, the burning sugar cane and to meet the people and to watch the cane being processed on the, the coast of El Salvador was mm-hmm. really interesting and certainly affects, you know, the way I consume mm-hmm. um, sugar today. Uh, and so I think experiences like that, that I had a very direct parallel uh, to the way I was living and consuming back in the United States was really worthwhile and meaningful and insightful to be able to say, hey, you know, I know we're trying to do this and I know, you know, this economic policy should function like this. Mm-hmm. But hey, I, you know, I, I lived this experience for four months. Why don't they match? Mm-hmm. Were there any parts of the program that kind of challenged you or maybe cultural elements that you weren't expecting um, from that country? Um. I, I, we talked about before, and I would, you know don't need to dodge around. Sort of the reason um, our our experience was maybe a little bit unique. Our our host father was killed while we were there, um, and I think sometimes it's it's hard to say that and to feel like that gets paired with the closure of the program. And so I would say actually, um, a cultural difficulty actually came more so from my own. When I would say something about a death, I think it's very easy for our culture to connect the dots and say developing country death must have been some kind of chaotic violence. Um, as far as we know, this this incidence was very personal. We weren't in any particular uh, targeted danger. Um, and so I think for me, it was actually a cultural uh, benefit to be in a community that had a a culturally more sophisticated understanding and reaction to something like death. I think in the United States, we struggle with it as a concept. Um, I mean, as we should, it's, it's difficult to do, but our response is very often individual or um, can be violent and can be, uh, in my personal opinion, often misguided. And so the way we were dealing it with it in El Salvador, I think was actually in some ways healthier for us to kind of go through it together as a, as a class and, and with our our host family um, in a very um, community-oriented way. Certainly, did not mean it, w- it wasn't wasn't easy by any stretch of the imagination, and um, and brought up a lot of difficult things uh, w- with the casa and our relationship with our community. But it really, um, I think, made evident the fact that El Salvador is a country that o- overcomes. I mean, it it. With, with examples like Romero and the six Jesuits that were you know, martyred, um, killed by the, the, the Arena Party or the, the, the right-wing uh, military. Uh, I, part of why I wanted to go was it was a country, you know, if, if sacrifice makes something sacred, it's one of the most sacred countries in the world. And we talk about the Holy Land. If, if we follow that model, it's a really, really sacred space. And I think that was um, painfully but powerfully evident um, in my experience. Mm-hmm. And then returning, 
back to Santa Clara, are there any parts of yourself that you feel like have changed areas that you want to focus, maybe your studies differently, things you want to be involved in? Like, how are you different now coming back? I think one of the desires we have here is to be healthy and to sort of manage a work-life balance and rest. And, and it, and it sounds really good. And a lot of people I talk to talk about wanting it, understandably, actually letting it happen. Maybe not, not as much. I think it's, you know, we, a lot of people here, I mean, I, let me speak for myself would say that, you know, getting rest and good sleep and the time to, to reflect on, on your actions, it's all well and good, but maybe it's safe for breaks and, and vacation. Um, and I, when I wonder and I worry sort of the impact of that sometimes that what does productivity really produce? Um, maybe it produces everything we have in mind, but maybe there's something more that we're missing there. I think one of the opportunities I had while in El Salvador was, was to listen and to be and to um, interact with, with myself and with others in a, in a different pace, in a different kind of style that... Um, it's very hard to buy up front because it looks a lot like reflection and it looks a lot like spirituality and it looks a lot like uh, time wasted that I think transitions and, and transfers itself into some pretty significant discoveries, um, tangible transformations and tangible impacts in not just my life, but in my career um, and what we hope to, to co-create around the world, kind of the way CASA continues to imagine itself but but those are discoveries and, and insights and actual productivity that you run the risk of losing by producing at a different level at a different speed does, mm-hmm. does that make any sense and i i guess that that's something i'm still wrestling with mm-hmm. how do you convince not just others but myself how do i convince myself that um the time alone time in prayer time time and rest and, and, and intentionality aren't just important because they're nice to have, but potentially vital for what we choose to produce. Mm-hmm. And it could affect not just, you know, my own life, but, but the lives of those around me. And I think sort of managing that unknown mm-hmm. has been um, challenging, but certainly important coming back. Cool. What advice would you give to maybe a first year student who's considering studying abroad? I think it's, it's very site specific. So I would be, you know, I would love to say, go to CASA, absolutely. Um, that's not quite possible, but what I think is possible is living a CASA experience, being very intentional about what you do and where you go. And I think each person picks a study abroad experience for a different reason. I just hope that each, each person, you know, picks it for a very particular reason, um, whether it's self-discovery or, or a particular kind of education. Uh, I would highly recommend it because I think... There are, you know, to the same point about reflection, there are things you will see that are impossible to see if you're you're not in a different location. You know, you know, Greg Boyle is a big hero of mine, a Jesuit in Los Angeles, and he talks about, um, you know, if you can, you know, forgive the spirituality, but uh, he talks about, you know, Jesus didn't advocate for the rights of the poor. He didn't say, you know, we need to do something about him. He said, you know, I'm I'm having dinner with the poor, and very often it's not so much what you stand for, but quite literally where you stand. So my, my hope is that everyone that's choosing to study abroad chooses where they stand with, with care and, and, and passion. Awesome. Well, thanks yeah. so much. Thank for you. This. Thank you so much for listening to the show today. You can subscribe to Voices of Santa Clara on the iTunes podcast app. You can visit VoicesOfSantaClara.com for interview transcripts, and you can like the Facebook page. Special thanks to Miles Elliott for the music. Thank you for listening, and have a nice day.